pretzels at sundown get advice and tunes when you don't even know what to freaking do souls at sundown keeps it fresh and new every other friday with megan hughes hello folks and welcome back to souls at sundown this is episode 87 and i'm going to be talking today about the monsters of the music industry but um on a real note you know creepy voice aside I'm just going to be kind of talking about personal experiences with people in the music industry, abusers in the music industry, and just sharing those stories because I think that oftentimes it's really easy for people just to be like, well, you know, but the music's good though. And it's like, well, is the person good? though. I mean, let's just consider that for a second. So yeah, um, I'm also just going to say that I was honestly putting off recording this episode for the entirety of today. I really wanted to talk about this topic, but also at the same time, I'm like nervous to talk about this topic because it's rather controversial. It's um, personal to my life and it can be triggering for some people. So I just want to say that I'm going to put, you know, an audible trigger warning at the beginning of this, going to be talking about, you know, abusers in this, sexual abusers, as well as just some details of my own story with that and my trauma. Um, And yeah, so I just wanted to say that at the beginning, but also while we're doing a little housekeeping here at the beginning of the episode, I think that's what podcasters call updates, housekeeping. So I'm using it today. Um, (laughs) I wanted to read our reviewer of the week, so I'm going to be doing that. And I just want to remind you guys, you can always leave a review for this podcast if you enjoy it on the Apple app. You can go on there and just be like, five stars love her work, love this episode, or whatever episode you listen to, and just tell me why, or I don't know, or you can be like, eh, I would change X, Y, and Z, you know? I don't know. Whatever you want to share, go and share it. But I'm going to be reading this review from Joden. At first, I read this as Jordan, but it says Joden. So thanks, Joden, for leaving this review and being the reviewer of the week. They said, Meg, a true homesteading sustainable legend. Love the diverse topics, honesty, and good quality entertainment. No complaints. (laughs) And they rated five stars. So for that, Joden, you are a legend. Love you so much. They titled their um, review Legendary. So I felt as though I should return the compliment because I appreciate anybody who leaves a review for my podcast. It is much appreciated. I would like to kind of share why I wanted to record this episode today. I have been driven to make this episode because I found out recently about Nako Bear of Nako and Medicine for the People, who I have played literally so many times on this podcast. Um, I just found out that he is a sexual abuser and is really creepy and is honestly pretty rude and is a pedophile. Like, just so many allegations. So many allegations, dude. This all being said, um, there's a lot of things going around about him. He came forward and issued a statement that I believe to be rather bullshit, (laughs) honestly, for lack of a better phrase. Um, I just felt like he used a lot of like flowery language and didn't really fully address 
what was occurring and, you know, it wasn't really addressing the victims in a proper way. And um, also to my understanding, people have been trying to make allegations public against Nako for multiple years. You know, like some of these allegations date back to like 2011, 2012. And some people on the Facebook page where I was reading a fair amount of these allegations we're saying that they have been trying since like 2015 to, you know, make this more public. And now it's 2020. And apparently he already has like felony charges on his name that like I was not made aware of. Um, and yeah, so basically that's kind of an overview of it. But this all being said, you know, if you want to go and read all of the evidence yourself, there is an Instagram page that somebody made basically as like a compilation resource of all of this evidence and all of these accusations. And it's at evidence against Nako. I know that there has also been an evidence page made against um, Base Nectar as well as Space Jesus. I know literally nothing about the Space Jesus case or whatever allegations are coming forward in that regard. I honestly don't even know who that person is. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. But um, as for Base Nectar, my sister was a huge, huge fan and um, was a very large part of that community. So I have been having a lot of conversations with her over this past week because a bunch of allegations have also come to the surface about Base Nectar. And um, yeah, I just think it's really important. Like once you hear this thing from me, if this is your first time hearing this and you enjoyed listening to Nako Bear, you enjoyed listening to Base Nectar, I would suggest going to look into this yourself because it's one thing to hear me and then it's another thing to listen to me and be like, damn, I need to look into that. You know what I mean? Because this is really concerning. Some of the allegations against Nako are like really underage girls who he was like groping and like doing really weird shit to. And then a bunch of the allegations just range from not only like groping and just really disturbing things with underage fans of his um, and like grooming of underage fans and like encouraging them to always come out to shows and like all of this crazy stuff. Um, but also just him being like kind of just a rude asshole. And this is really disheartening for me. And this is why I wanted to make this episode is because I lifted this man up. You know what I mean? I spoke about him highly in my social circles, as well as on this podcast. I would play his music frequently. I would use it to amplify my conversations. And when I spoke about him, I would be like, you know, like he has some really great lessons to say or something like that, you know? And it's like, sure, maybe the lyrics are on point, but as a person, it's just not adding up, you know? And I truly think that he believes that this will just blow over. But also at the same time, part of me thinks that this is going to a court of law for him because honestly, his statement that he put out, it really seemed to me like a lawyer wrote it for him. You can go and read it on his personal Nako Bear Facebook page. He put it up on there. But he's keeping all of this off of his Instagram. He's keeping all of it off of his Twitter. And I really think that he's trying to kind of like minimize it to his Facebook platform so that less people will see it on Instagram, on Twitter, and like follow those kind of things around and be like, what's going on, you know? But um, I'm really grateful for the people who have brought it to my attention. My sister was the first to let me know about the allegations that were surfacing against him on Facebook. And that's where I read the bulk of them. If you want to go and read like 
hundreds of comments and just really delve into it, you can go to um, either his Nako and Medicine for the People Facebook page or his personal Nako Bear Facebook page and just go into the comment sections on his recent posts. Honestly, um, all of the stuff that's on there is just... It's kind of a weird back and forth of some things that I wanted to delve into in this episode are um, mob mentality and uh, kind of just like blaming the victims. So we get into the whole victim blaming aspect of things, but then just like really easy forgiveness and um, rape apology and just all of these things where it's like, why? Why do people do this? Why don't we draw the line? Why don't we see abusers as something that, you know, sure, they can go into rehabilitation 1000%, but also at the same time, like, don't just meet their measly responses with like, oh, it's okay. Everybody's human. It's like, okay, you know, but we're not all rapists, though. You know, so that's when we really get into the whole like the weird kind of culty culture around music artists and really just like blindly accepting them as just however they come and like whatever, you know, the music is still the music. And it's like, dude, you're do you just have horse blinders on when you walk through life? I don't get it. But actually, though, you know, and I also just want to say that this isn't just an issue with the music industry. This is a social issue. I have plenty of friends from back home who do some weird shit. And I have said things to my girlfriends and they're like, oh, my God, like I'm immediately unfollowing him. Like, fuck that dude, you know, and girls are so easy because they get it. They're like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Like, oh, you know, next time I see him at a party, you fucking know I'm going to say something or, you know, whatever it might be, (laughs) whatever way of confronting that they have, they're a lot easier to speak to because we are normally the victims. And I'm not going to start a conversation being like, oh, only women get abused because that is just simply not the truth. And I'm not going to say that. But at the same time, I do see a lot of men in specifically my hometown, specifically in music artist circles as well, a lot of men turn a blind eye because they don't want to say anything. You know, he's just like that. I don't know. He's just a ladies man. It's like, dude, you're friends with a really creepy motherfucker who probably is doing some crazy shit behind the scenes. And maybe you've even witnessed it and you've been like, oh, he was just drunk. He was just crazy, you know? And like, it's just so frustrating because I know in my heart and through my analytics that a lot of women are listening to this and you're probably thinking, oh, I know motherfuckers like that. But I also like, like I said, from my analytics, I know that mainly women listen to this podcast and I just want us all to not only feel, you know, held and supported by each other, But also I want us to continue these conversations with the men in our lives because it really, a lot of this stuff is oftentimes, and I'm not trying to do, you know, the whole all men are trash blaming mindset thing, but a lot of times it is facilitated by men because they see it. They think that they can manipulate women. They think that they can manipulate specifically naive women or naive women who, um, you know, maybe really love them, really love their work or their art or whatever it may be. 
I just really don't think it's that hard to not fuck your underage fans. I'm just going to go out and just say that blatantly, because I think a lot of you will probably agree with that statement as well. Um, And now I'm just, you know, I'm getting a little heated. So I'm just going to take a second, just, you know, just take a friggin' deep breath. (sighs) Because these issues, they are very prevalent in the music industry specifically. And that is why I wanted to kind of like hit the nail on the head in this episode with talking about these issues, because as somebody who is a sexual abuse survivor, I was abused by a music artist, a touring musician who was taken on tour by one of my favorite artists at the time, Mod Sun. And, you know, I talked about this very briefly recently on a Patreon video I did on why I reported my abuser. But in the beginning of that video, I kind of had the realization like, oh, wait, Modson has taken on tour two separate abusers that I know of. One being my abuser. His name is K.R., To my understanding, because I'm working closely with the investigator on this case, I don't want to give too many, you know, details because I don't know what is public and what is not. But that being said, you know, public records online, if you look up case numbers, you can see all this information for yourself on the World Wide Web. So the trial has not happened for him yet, although he was arrested. And I tweeted out when he was arrested. So like when the headlines came out and shit like that, um, he was arrested in October of 2018. And his trial has still not occurred. It's gotten a lot of pushback because of COVID and all those things. So I don't know when he'll actually get his like sentencing, you know. Um, So that's just a little update on that. But also separately, the second abuser that Maude brought on that same lookup tour is Call Me Charisma. It's honestly just so frustrating to think back to all of the, you know, little instances I had with him in the past. He did not abuse me or anything of that sort, but is it completely, you know, almost word for word, same case as Nako with grooming underage fans, being really creepy to his underage fans, constantly being in their DMs, trying to get with them, like all this creepy shit. And I just want to say that, you know, like I said before, while Call Me Charisma did not sexually abuse me or anything of that sort, I definitely had some very creepy encounters with him, some creepy instances with him. And um, he was just always like way too in my DMs to the point where I literally was like, can you stop messaging me? Like, I remember even after I moved to Oregon, this motherfucker would still be DMing me like, hey, friend, hope to see you at a show sometime. And I'm like, bro, I'm not your friend. Okay, you're really creepy. And you've been outed as like a literal pedophile. (laughs) So I'm not going to hang out with anybody who's preying on their underage fans and you're sus you know so no and so I blocked him on literally everything um (laughs) but anyways if you want to read all these allegations for yourself if you know of these artists and you care enough to look it up I strongly suggest you just google call me charisma allegations um I also want to say that like You know, around the same time that KR got arrested, these allegations started coming out about Call Me Charisma as well. So I'm like, okay, well, interesting. You know, they both kind of got 
I don't know, more publicly canceled around the same time. And <laughs> the case with Call Me Charisma specifically is just really frustrating to me because he first had a bunch of those kind of comments come out about him on Twitter and people were very publicly trying to speak out and cancel him. And then literally within weeks, he was signed to Artista Records. And it's just one of those instances where you're like, damn, dude, the industry really does not give a fuck, you know? And like people still continued to put out videos, multiple tweets, so many allegations about him up until like, you know, even into 2019. And it's like, how does any CEO in the music industry or anybody at these record labels not see it, you know? And I just have to think they do. <laughs> they do see the stuff that people are saying about these new artists that are up and coming, that they're signing and all of this stuff. It's like, aren't you doing research into these new artists? And don't you care that they're actually really horrible people who are preying on their fans? Oh, wait, hold on. You're just trying to make money off of them. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's all making sense. It's like, fuck right off. You know, you just see that and you have to think they do not care. They do not care about the artists that they're signing. They don't care that all of these fans are currently calling out that same dude all across Twitter and trying to let other people know like, whoa, wait, hold on. You also had this happen to you. And here's the screenshots. And here is multiple cases, multiple allegations where it's not just, you know, even if it was just one or two girls, that's fucked up. But no, oftentimes this is serial abuse. And with my personal abuser, it was serial abuse. He did it for years. He was facilitated by being a touring musician to be able to go from town to town to town and do this with women. And then because he had whatever clout that he thought he had, he used it against women to manipulate and coerce them into hanging out with him alone and then sexually abusing them. And this is the type of shit that needs to be called out and stopped in the music industry because it just really grinds my gears that people will just blindly be like, oh, you know, on a tour bus with this same dude and he like has a different girl every night. Like, do you not think that that is like weird behavior. Also, do we know that these girls are actually the age that they say they are? Are we checking IDs? No, because if you're not, then you're going to get yourself into some crazy shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, you need to care. And other people around you need to care. I've been in those spaces before. And, you know, the drinks are flowing. Everybody is just laughing, having a good time. And like, if you're an underaged girl and you're backstage at, in my instance, when I was 15 at Mod Sun shows, 15 to 17 at Mod Sun shows, I thought that I was so dope being backstage and getting to hang out with a man who I truly looked up to, you know? And then just, of course, the opening acts are also backstage with you. And unfortunately, a lot of times they just are trying to be sexual with you or be really flirty. And I cannot even fucking tell you the amount of times that I was backstage and I'll get the question, are you 18 yet? 
It's like, if I don't fucking look 18 yet, dude, probably not. And also, it's creepy of you to ask because you're probably 25 plus and you're still hooking up with underage girls. That is appalling. It is appalling to think that people are allowed to do this. So I'm calling it out. (laughs) But on a real note, guys, I'm sorry for raising my voice. As you can see, or here, I suppose. Um, I just am really passionate about this topic because it really, really disturbs me that, you know, when women go to live music shows where they think that they're going to be, you know, possibly meeting their favorite artist or getting to see them live, you know, like maybe the lucky ones will get taken backstage. And it's like just seriously thinking about the amount of people who have been groped, caressed, unwantedly touched, unwantedly flirted with, whether they are underage or above age. It does not fucking matter if you're backstage and you feel uncomfortable at a show that is a space where you should feel actually safe and we should have teams of accountability partners at least in those spaces so that women can go to a safe space and report something and get help. I strongly, strongly believe in safe tents and safe places for women to go to at large music festivals and gatherings and these types of things where they can go and talk with trained professionals about something that they either just witnessed or just had happened to them. I really, really imagine a world where that will be our reality. And I really want to, you know, when Miss Corona dives down, be able to attend events that have tents like that to where, you know, if I see somebody grabbing somebody's ass, I can be like, hey, are you okay? Like, do you know this man? You know what I mean? Like, oh, it just irks me. And then it just gets so much more fueled by ego and just all of this like idolization. And I guess now I'm kind of talking a little bit more about like fan slash artist dynamics. Um, you know, when you go to see a specific artist and then, you know, you get the chance to meet them and they're really flirty with you or whatever it might be, you know, those kinds of moments, it's a really fine line to walk because you feel like, oh, I'm honored to be in this person's presence. I love this person. I love their music. I love what they do. It's really great. And they fucking know that. So that's when the whole ego trip comes into it. That's when the manipulation comes into it. And that's when really fucked up individuals will manipulate naive souls, take advantage of them, and do horrible things because they think that they fucking can because they're, I don't know, whatever rap name they gave themselves or whatever artist name that they go by, they're that person for you. And I really, really wish that more people could just receive that, you know, understand that it's just like me when I meet people, you know? I'm not gonna like try to coerce them into coming back to my hotel room because I know they love my videos and my podcasts. It's like, fuck right off. It's actually not that hard to not like meet somebody and be like, hmm, how can I take advantage of them and coerce them back with me? It's like, no, it's it's really not that fucking hard. And I know that I'm a woman with more women fans and maybe, no, I'm not a touring male rapper, you know, who has a bunch of women who maybe are sexually attracted to them. But even in those types of scenarios and relationships or whatever, it's like, isn't there just kind of a code that's like, hey man, don't 
don't fuck your underage fans or sexually abuse them. You know, it's like, is the bar really that low where you just think you can do it and get away with it because you go by Lil Sunflower or whatever it might be? I'm just staring at a bunch of sunflowers right now, so that's why I said that. But you know what I mean? It's like, ugh, it's just such a weird power trip, egomaniac narcissist tendency and that's why I really wanted to call it out today and I just also think like all this being said I don't have any problem with consensual sexual relationships with you know music artists and people who admire their music you know if you want to go out on tour and you are a very sexual being and you don't have like some kind of committed partner and you're just willy-nilly just out there trying to connect with people and you know all that kind of stuff it's like if you're being safe and protected and you are not taking advantage of anybody i don't see any wrong in doing that it's really when we get into the whole power dynamic of the you're above me you're a little sunflower i'm using that as a an analogy now because i think it's funny but you know what i mean it's just like such a weird dynamic and i know that i could just talk about this for so long so i'm gonna pause for a song break And you already know that most times when I play music on my podcast, I kind of relate it back to the topic, but obviously I'm not going to be playing monsters of the music industry for you. I'm not going to play these artists' music because I don't support them through listening to them, you know? And I encourage you not to do that as well. If you hear that somebody's an abuser, if you hear that somebody is incredibly problematic and you just kind of write it off, you're like, well, whatever, like that shit still hits. I love R. Kelly. I love Chris Brown. It's like, just, okay. I understand that maybe the song like brings back some nostalgia for you, but at the same time, You listening to them is showing them some support. You listening to them is giving them some streams. It's giving them that money in their pocket. So let's just stop. Let's play artists who we actually uh, know are good people or believe to be good people because that's one lesson I've been taught over the past week. You know, all I can do is just kind of believe. Believe that they're good people. And not only that, just believe that they make good music. And that's what I'm going to at least, you know, amplify right now um, with the person that I'm going to play next. She's my number one, my queen, SZA. SZA does so many wonderful things for humans, for the environment, and for my ear holes. (laughs) I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But um, I believe SZA to be a good person. You know what I mean? So I'm going to play her in this episode because fucking love her. All right? So... Let's just decompress for a second with this next song, which is Off of Control. Such an iconic album. Cannot wait for the next one whenever it might come. I'm going to play Garden now. In parentheses, say it like that. Need you for the old me. Need you for my sanity. Need you to remind me where I come from. Can you remind me of my gravity? Call me when I'm tumbling, spiraling. Plumbing down to earth, you keep me down to earth. Call me on my bullshit, lie to me and save my booty, get them bigger, even if it ain't. Love me, even if it rain, love me, even if it pain you. I know I be difficult, you know I be difficult, you know it get difficult. Open your heart up, hoping I never find out that you're anyone else. Cause I Tell you why
nigga up with a big booty Piling hella positive cause she got a big booty oh. I know I'd rather be paid up You know I'm sensitive about having no booty Having nobody, only you, buddy Can you hold me when nobody's around us? Open your heart up Open the never find out that you're anyone else Cause I love you, this how you shit to say to me, I ain't got shit to say to you. <laughs> and, and, and that's the and truth. Ste- and stepped on. I said, you black helper, you you, you stand your ground. Because, like, I, I feel the same way. If you don't like me, you don't have to fool with me. But you don't have to talk about me or treat me mean. I don't have to treat you mean. I just stay out of your way. That's the way we work that one. Oh my gosh, I just love that song so much. But I also just love how she had her granny narrate the album. And is her granny's just so great. I mean, just the end of that song when she's like, if you don't like me, you don't have to fool with me. Well, you don't have to talk about me or treat me mean. <laughs> I just listen to that and I'm like, honestly, I fucking, I feel that. <laughs> I'll just uh, stay out of your way. (laughs) Anyways, I kind of wanted to dissect some of the lyrics in that song just really quickly, just because when I played it back for you guys, I realized that some of the lyrics are actually pretty relevant to the discussion that we're having. In the chorus, when she's like, hoping I never find out that you're anyone else because I love you, that's just... That's really how I felt when I found out about Nako because, you know, this was a man who my family really always listened to at family gatherings and holidays and all those sorts of things. He was always on our playlists. We literally, over the holidays, would give each other, like, Nako and Medicine for the People vinyl or merchandise or just, you know, gifts surrounding him and... It was just such a shock when we found out that, like, the person that my entire family had been supporting for years, like, I introduced Nako to my mom, and, you know, we have been listening to his music for a very long time, and obviously my siblings really also grew to like him a lot as well, and just all this stuff. It's like, when you find out that somebody's a fucking sham, you're like, well, what have I been supporting all these years? A lie? And it's just so disheartening. 
So I can definitely relate to those lyrics. And then she also says right after that, hoping you never find out who I really am because you'll never love me. And I'm over here thinking like, is she really a good person? Is she really a bad person? Like I said, I believe SZA to be a good person, you know? I think that this is more so just a conversation of like, reflection on morality and you know that when you get into a relationship with somebody and you're like wow like they're gonna see me for who I really am and like will they love that side of me you know um that's my interpretation of that but again I am just proved over and over again that the music industry has a lot of crazy people in it and I'm not saying SZA is a crazy person um, from my encounters that I've had with her either online or you know just across the stage and such she's just a very bubbly positive gal and I just hope that that you know is real life um because it's just like how we have social media personalities right like i can sit here and tell you that i am the same person in my videos and on my podcast as i am in real life but you don't know that unless you know me in real life you know what i mean and i would like to believe that when people meet me they're like wow damn you know like she really is the same as she is in her videos but i'm sure that there's been times where i I've been anxious or uncomfortable or some kind of sort of thing where maybe I was not what people expected me to be. I don't know. I'm just kind of saying that because I've met so many people. There has to be one, if not a few, who were like, damn, she's just not what I thought she was, you know? And I can't control that. I can't control their perception of me. But this is all just, it chalks up to say, although maybe you feel like you know me and, you know, you guys do hear so many aspects of my life, I guess at the same time it's like you know until you're actually my friend hanging out with me and understanding all my tendencies and the way I work maybe you don't actually really know me and that's fine too you know you can just always like understand that I'm always gonna put out what I believe to I don't know be true and true for me and I always put out honest shit and just yeah I don't know I guess what I'm trying to say is you can believe I'm a good person but also at the same time you know it's uh, it's hard for me with the music industry to believe that everybody is a good person and it's hard for me to you know like accept other youtubers that I haven't even met in real life even though we're friends online I'm like oh I don't actually know them in real life though and I always kind of have to like remind myself about that. Does that make sense? Anyways, I really only bring this shit up because I am forever just reminded of people's, I don't know, actual tendencies. And there's this really, really great quote, which I'm going to quote from Miss Aisha Akambi, who I played in my last episode of this podcast. Thank you for all of the love on that last podcast, by the way, when I talked about wokeness and just the problem with woke culture and all that kind of stuff. It definitely ties into this episode as well, um, at least with the Nako Bear kind of case and all the allegations and stuff like that. Like this is a man who painted himself as a very like spiritual woke individual. And it's like, even those people can be rapists, pedophiles, sexual abusers, all of the things, just because they paint themselves a certain way in their music online, it does not mean that they are a good person because people hide shit, you know? Why would he be, why would he be flaunting that? 
Anyways, I'm going to quote Aisha Ikanbi again, and she says, It's time we stopped naively assessing people by their beliefs and started paying attention to their actions. And I just 1000% believe that, you know, it's one thing for me to be like, oh, this person believes X, Y, and Z. They're singing about it. They're making videos about it. They're doing whatever else, you know, but I just, I don't know their actual actions. If they're really practicing that shit, the number one thing that really irks me about the Nako case specifically is like, I mean, like I said, he is, paints himself as a very like spiritual man, you know, he really talks about a lot of indigenous struggles and just talks about, you know, how to lift up your friends and would host these like Sunday services where he would like let women come on and read poetry and like, you know, talk about healing practices and all of these kinds of things and, you know, honoring full moon rituals and all this shit. And it's like, those same people are so able to just act behind the scenes, just completely put up a front for social media, go off on their tours and get drunk and, you know, touch people inappropriately and do really rude, crazy stuff where you're like, wow, I would have never imagined that for them because literally what they put out is the exact antithesis of that. But I guess you really can't believe anything nowadays, huh? (laughs) I don't know. It's just one of those things where it really hurts your heart because you're just like, damn, dude, are there good people? I don't know. And my sister Lindsay and I were literally talking about this over FaceTime yesterday, but she was just like, I don't know, why are all men trash, you know? And we were just kind of talking about that and talking about how just in male friend groups, it's so easy for men not to say something or speak up or hold their friends accountable. And like in the instance of Nako, again, I know I keep going back to it, but like his band spoke out and was like, we never saw anything. And it's like, really? Because there's like five or six of you and none of you ever saw him do a single even rude thing? I don't believe that. I really don't believe that. But, um, you know, they'll say what they'll say and they'll try to stuff it under the rug and they'll cover their own asses until maybe this moves to a court of law. I think that it will, at least from, you know, kind of the tone of his response, which I thought was written by a lawyer and stuff like that. It really seems as though this is going to be taken to court, especially I've seen on Facebook and stuff like that, that, you know, some people have been saying that he already had felony charges. So it's like, if he already has charges and then he has more offenses come onto his name and people make more allegations and they actually report him to the police, won't that reopen a case for him? I'm curious. Um, So we'll see how this kind of plays out. I'm also really curious to see how it plays out for Bass Nectar because he has some really crazy shit going around, like voice memos of him, you know, confessing to hooking up with underage girls and, you know, trafficking them from place to place and ordering them Ubers and stuff like that. And you're just like, damn, dude, you are really... You know, seems as though he or she has gotten himself into a bit of a tizzy. (laughs) What is that from? Fuck. It seems as though he or she has gotten himself into a bit of a situation. (laughs) I don't know where that's from. Maybe I made it up. 
I don't know anymore. Um, but yeah, I really just wanted to kind of discuss these things with you all today. I'm kind of just going to, I guess, go back into a summary, a synopsis of what the real point of this is. It's just to remind you that there are monsters in the music industry and we need accountability. We really do. And until we have places like safe spaces in concert and festival settings for people to go and report or work with, you know, people who are trained professionals on how to handle sexual misconduct. I don't know what we can even do other than just hold people accountable and stop talking about them, stop boosting their shit. I know I'm talking about it in this, but really it's just a call out episode. Truly, you know, stop supporting these monsters, stop supporting what they do. Because once you find out the information, once you do the actual research, and I encourage you to look up every single person I have mentioned in this episode, Nako Bear, Bass Nectar, Call Me Charisma, and KR. Go and read all of the allegations on their names because this is oftentimes, this is a serial issue. And if it's not stopped at some point, they just continue to keep going. That's exactly what happened with my abuser is he abused me in like early 2015. And then he continued to just abuse people for multiple years until four very brave women who I did not have the strength to come forward and report my abuser, but four women came forward in, you know, around 2018. And then he finally got arrested on nine felony sexual abuse charges in October of 2018. And I, when I saw the headline, I was like, holy shit dude. This is crazy. I would have never imagined that he would be held accountable in a court of law for this. And I really felt inspired to come forward after I saw that he was being held accountable. And, you know, when I saw the headlines, it was like, call this number and report if, you know, you have any more information about this individual. And I probably thought about it for like a day or two. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it because I could probably get him put away for longer if I report as well. And when I came forward, the woman on the phone, the detective on the phone told me that she right then had 30 counts. And like, that is so many people, dude. And just think about all of the girls who just didn't have the courage to come forward or maybe didn't even register it as abuse. That's oftentimes what happens is you don't actually register it for a very long time. I didn't even register it as abuse until a year later. You know, I wasn't like, oh, that was, well, at first I was like, well, that was weird. What was that? You know? And then I finally told somebody a year later and they were like, dude, that's rape. And I was like, whoa, that's what happened to me. And then I kind of processed it for a very long time. And then, yeah, I didn't report until um, October of 2018 as well. But anyways, um, that's just a little bit more about my personal experience. I definitely just really believe in accountability and not continuing to support people once you find out that they are rapists or abusers or pedophiles. And speaking of pedophiles, look at Chris D'Elia. That man had the courage to play a pedophile on two separate TV shows. He played one on You, and he played one on Workaholics. And then, of course, he was outed as an actual pedophile. And you're just like, dude, I mean, (laughs) it's almost comical that we don't realize that these predators are walking amongst us and just, like, completely 
playing their part, doing their little acting, whatever it might be, keeping on with their lives. And they just probably are like, damn, it's so funny that I played that online or I act this certain way online or I do X, Y, and Z. But really, I'm just a shitbag. Honestly, I wonder if they think that it's funny that they can just get away with so much. I truly, I do wonder. But anyways, I could truly talk about this for so long, but I think I've talked about it for enough time, aka like 45 minutes. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm, you know, I hope it wasn't too triggering for some of you. I just really get fired up about this topic and I want to bring more attention to it, specifically, you know, the topic of not supporting individuals who you know are really shitty. And I just think it's really important to have that accountability in your own life because then it reflects into social circles and, you know, you can encourage other people to hold other people accountable and be like, you know, it's actually kind of weird that we never said anything while we had that one really creepy friend, you know, whatever it might be. I'm not trying to be like accusatory in this to you guys being like, hey, do better. But at the same time, you know, I think we could all do better about holding people accountable. Um, And whatever accountability looks like for you, I am curious. I know that some people don't actually want to report their abusers, especially if you are a prison abolitionist. I have one of my friends who came forward recently and was telling me her story and she was like, justice for me does not look like my abuser in jail, you know? And I was like, okay, well, you know, I can respect that for you, I guess. Um, But, you know, tell me a little bit more about that. We were just having a nice calm conversation and I was just talking about how justice for me does look like my abuser actually getting sentenced and serving time because I feel like once he actually does, he will face the repercussions. And I know that some people, you know, they just have different beliefs. But anyways, like I said, I could talk about this for literally so fucking long, but I love you. Thank you for listening to me today. I'm going to continue the last like 15 minutes or so of this podcast on my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Megan Hughes. Even if you are pledging a dollar to me at my lowest tier, you can hear the full episodes of my podcast. Anyways, um, yeah, thanks for listening. If you are listening on SoundCloud, give this a little like and a little repost for me on there. If you're listening on Spotify or on Apple, you know, you can just share this to your Instagram story or share it with somebody who maybe needs to hear it. I love you guys so much and I will talk to you very soon. Bye.